Hey family, this is Jessica Rice, Communications Director at Renaissance Church, excited to share another episode of Real Love Conversations with all of you. If this is your first time tuning in, Real Love Conversations is a special edition of podcasts we're releasing in conjunction with our Real Love Sermon Series. We've been learning a lot on Sundays about how to have healthy relationships of all kinds, and these conversations are a complement to that series, a space where we get to hear about the relationship experiences of some of the special people who make up the Renaissance community. So far, we've talked about marriage, dating, and divorce, and the honest struggles that come with all of those. In today's episode, we hear from Jermaine and Malika Small, who joined Renaissance not long after getting married four years ago. We talk about everything from dating in the church and why Jermaine hesitated to propose to their painful journey with infertility. We shared some good laughs, but as you listen, you'll probably hear that there were some tears along the way too. In this podcast series, we've talked about what it's like to struggle in marriage and how hard that can be, but sometimes the struggles experienced in marriage aren't necessarily because of what your spouse has done, but because of outside challenges that life throws at you. What I love about this conversation is that Jermaine and Malika share honestly about what it means for marriage to be a covenant, a fancy word we use a lot at Renaissance, but a covenant is really just a relationship that models Christ's permanent undying, unrelenting love for us, a love that remains intact for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, through all the things that we can't anticipate when we commit to someone for life. Here's Jermaine and Malika. All right, we are here with Malika and Jermaine. How are you guys? Good. Good evening. Good evening. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you guys are here. So uh, we are going to get into a little bit of your stories. So I would love, we've been talking a lot uh, to different people who have different experiences, but one common thread through all of these real love conversations that we're doing is that I think it's really helpful as we have these conversations to start with learning a little bit about the people we're talking to uh, your background, how you grew up, your families of origin, and maybe a little bit of how those families even shaped your views about relationships and marriage. So which one of you wants to go first? Malika? <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm like, go. okay, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I am originally from Syracuse, New York. So um, born and raised kind of in upstate New York. Uh, mother is from the South, Mississippi. Uh, my dad is from Jamaica, and I was raised in a very unique household. Um, two di- diff- two different cultures, but still very similar. Um, unlike some couples, my parents weren't married for the majority of my life, adult life. I think they got married when I was like late thirties, um, didn't really last very long, interestingly enough. Um, <laughs> that is interesting. So they were 20s, together. Was like 20s. Was yeah. 20s. 90s. Like, yeah. Like in the twenties. Yeah. So they were together for most of your life and then officially got like married in your twenties and then, decided. and then yes. broke up after that. Yes. Mm-hmm. After they like officially like did like a justice of the peace kind of situation. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I grew up in a really big family. So my my mother's side of the family, I don't really know a lot about my dad's side of the family, but that's like a whole nother conversation for another day. But um, my grandmother on my mother's side had 10 children. And so if you can imagine, I have tons of cousins that were like essentially like siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of love, a lot of food, a lot of good music, a lot of just, um, yeah, good vibes. Yeah, that's good, great. Yeah, good vibes, I would say. How about you, Jermaine? Um, so I was born in California, but I was raised in Georgia, um, uh, right outside, like right outside of Atlanta. Um, and uh, my father's family is from. Um, I mean, we're all, I guess, historically from the South, mm-hmm. but uh, my father's family is from Detroit. 
and my mother's family is from North Carolina. Uh, but I have a tons of family in Georgia, actually. I'm, I'm actually, my father's family was bred in Georgia and Alabama. And my, my mother's family is all Carolina. Uh, I grew up uh, with uh, four other siblings. I have two older siblings and two younger siblings. I'm, I'm the middle of five. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. I was the youngest for 12 years. And then my mother and stepfather had two children, two daughters. Um, similar to Malika, I grew up in a house with a lot of love. Very um, dynamic household. My mother raised us for the most part. My father was in Detroit the majority of my life. Uh, but when I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of married uh, couples. Mm -hmm. and a lot of my friends didn't have uh, fathers in the household. There were some, of course, that, that did have their fathers in the house and or did have their mothers and their fathers together. Um, but when I was growing up, I would say most of us didn't didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my, my father and mother, to my understanding, were always divorced. You know what I mean? I was a child when they were divorced. I was a baby when they were divorcing. Yeah, I was actually. I found out recently. I was actually the savior marriage baby, uh, and it didn't say. It and didn't it didn't work. actually work. <laughs> it out. didn't work out. Yeah, but I was the let's make this work child, and um, uh, my father and mother, all my life have been divorced. But my mother remarried my stepfather, the father to my two little sisters, um, when I was around ten, and uh, uh, they were married at least fifteen. 20 years before they ended it. Mm -hmm. So growing up, what were your thoughts about marriage and relationships? I actually never thought I was going to get married. Because <laughs> um, kind of similar, like not a lot of representation. It's so interesting. My uncle saw six, six boys and four girls. For the most part, all my uncles were married and they had wives. But my aunts did not. Mm. Um, they would like have, you know, a partner or like a significant, like a, you know, domestic par partnership mm. or whatever. Is that right? Mm -hmm. but, oh, well, yeah, but like mm. a long time partner, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like 10 or 15 years. But like, mm. I don't really recall weddings on my aunt's side. Whereas like my uncles, there were weddings I don't know. Marriage wasn't really widely discussed in my like house. It was just all about like I counted myself lucky if I got into a situation like my mom and my dad where there wasn't this like formalized there's the ring and there's the church and there's the ceremony. But like so for me, that was always kind of like the blueprint of like what I expected from my life. Yes. Um, and felt that way pretty much up like for up to like to college, it was like, oh, I, I was never like, oh, like some of my friends that were like, oh, I want to get married. I want to get married. I just want to get married. Um, and so you were kind of imagining perhaps some kind of a long term commitment with somebody with a partner, but not necessarily marriage. Exactly. Like I my value system wasn't rooted in like marriage. It was like I want a partner to do life with mm -hmm. period. And whatever that looks like is kind of what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jermaine? Right. So my thoughts were all over the place. My uh, father, who wasn't really around, he had, um, after my mother, he had gotten remarried for maybe like three months and it didn't last. Mm -hmm. But my mother, on the other end, had been married like four times mm -hmm. before I was the age of 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I remember going to see my father over the summers in Detroit and like, Two of those summers coming back home and being like, oh, oh so you're married. <laughs> you yeah. know, and being like, okay, okay, hi. Well, I'm Jermaine. <laughs> I'm your stepson, you know. Um, and so I think the older I got, uh, the more I felt like the person I'm going to marry, like, has to be like this, like, magical, mm. perfect specimen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, however... You know, I, I didn't think about marriage a lot. It mm -hmm. wasn't a thought I I, I, I thought about. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't something that was on my radar. It was not something that I think wasn't going to happen for me. I just didn't 
think about it, didn't think when it was. It was something I felt like it'll happen when it happened. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of men often think that way, you know, like, yeah, marriage, it's something I'll do eventually. Yeah. I don't know exactly when, but right. I feel like it'll kind of happen for me and we'll do it when the time <laughs> sure. comes. It'll, it'll come. It'll yes. come when it comes. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay, cool. So then uh, how did you guys meet? When and how did you guys meet? We met at our previous church. Um, oh wow, Jermaine sang at the choir in the choir. I actually worked at church, um, and I remember we were at like a like a youth or like a young adult event, and we had this like one off random dance battle with like myself and like two or three other people, <laughs> and Jermaine was part of the other group that it we was were, like three crew. guys and like thirty girls. <laughs> oh please, he <laughs> and loved, I was one of the whatever. Three guys. The fact is, they didn't win. Um, so like <laughs> that was like the first time that I remember him like catching my eye, but I also was like coming out of the heels of like a, a, a breakup. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I saw him and was kind of like just shrugged it off. Like, okay. Um, and then we would see each other at church and it was like, I was like, oh, okay. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like flirty. Like I remember like trying to flirt, be flirty and like invite him over. Like I like to play Scrabble. So I like invited him over for Scrabble and he like would like give me like the stiff arm, like nah, friend. I that's <laughs> like giving me this. <laughs> you were playing hard to get. You know what it was? Well, I'm not afraid. No, no, no. So probably I would say we met maybe in like 2006 or 2007, Eight. right? Seven, Eight, seven. seven, yeah, seven. Because I started working at the church, so like 2007, we we actually met, um, and then yeah, Life. that was just like meeting. Right. That's the grand meeting. Right. Um, my version of that story is a little oh, different. Oh, here we go. Um, it's a little different. I mean, everything she said is true. We met in church. I was in the choir. She worked there. However, um, I was determined to not date anybody in that church. Uh-huh. Um, and why is that? I think people want to know what's behind know. that thought. I could say I'm People gonna... probably have different reasons. What was your reason? Well, my reason was I was single. I was much younger, and I was trying to break some bad habits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was dating women off and on at that time. And I was like, I'm not dating anybody from this church because I want to keep this space sacred. Yeah, you know, I want to keep this space a place where I can that's safe and a place where I don't have to worry about no, you know, any drama. Yeah. So that was my mentality. Mm-hmm. So anybody. I didn't even, that wasn't even the mindset I, I had when I was in that space. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So actually for me, a friend of mine uh, who I'm still friends with was like, I think she likes you. And I was like, who? Who, man? Let's see who you talking about. And I looked at it and I was like, <laughs> okay. You know, but I was like, nah. You think so? You were feeling I like, good. I was yeah. like, you know what? She go to this church. I don't do, I don't date church women. You know what I mean? I want to keep it. I want to keep it safe and, and holy and sanctified. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's how we met, and then we uh, we just started hanging out. We started talking to each other more on Facebook, mm-hmm. on the Facebook, the Facebook. Um, uh, we would like comment on each other's uh, notes because this is before they had to post. They would have like you could put a note up about some random thought, and she would respond to it, and we kind of went back and forth on one of my notes. That turned into like an everyday thing, like these long paragraphs about something. You know yeah. what I mean? And then that's how that. But I, but I, I want to add prior to that, um, and this is very important to our love story. Very, very, very dear friend, couple of ours got married, and Jermaine sang at the wedding. Um, Jay, she has since passed on, but at her wedding, um, mm-hmm. Jermaine and I. This was in September of two thousand and eight. For sure. And Jermaine and I, he came down after he finished singing. And I remember like, okay, Malika, you see him, like, you have to say something that is going to like get us to the point of even get, you know, get into the Facebook um, Facebook point. So I remember just like talking to him and like making co- eye contact and like, you know, you know, being a little flirty. 
sort of. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> my mind was You were on sanctified. The Lord. Your mind was on the Lord. Yes. I'm here for Jesus. Yes. Jesus only. Here okay. to glorify and right. sing to an audience That's of one. It. That's it. Not to the pretty girl looking you at me. You know what, though? I was able to get a lot of my friends to go to that church because they had a lot of pretty girls. So, I, so my thing was, yo, there's so many girls in this church, bro. <laughs> and they would come, but the word was good. Yeah. So I knew that that would get them. And so a lot of them joined and went for years. And yeah. we all had that same agreement. Like, when we're in here, sanctified and holy. Yes. You know? Well, that's, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to celebrate that they found the Lord <laughs> along the way. That's great. Okay, so uh, so that's 2008 that you guys start interacting and you're kind of mm-hmm. dating. And no, we're, we're, in 2008, we were just friends. Yeah, yeah we're just, just friends. Yeah. But you're Very clear. You like mm-hmm. each other. And I mean, you kind of think, yeah, I, we like each other. I definitely liked him. I did. But you weren't sure if he liked you. <laughs> it was just weird because, one, you know, he does bring up the point of being younger. And so, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But there is a little bit of an age difference between the two mm-hmm. of us. What is that age difference? Ten years. Okay. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you being older yes, than Jermaine. Yes, I being yep. older, but no one would know because... You look fabulous. I look fabulous. There we go. <laughs> That's right. We don't know. And so, you know, I, I just... I was... I definitely felt a really strong connection to him probably a lot sooner than I feel like he felt. And that was kind of scary for me because I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Um, What am I, what am I feeling? Like, why am I hearing God be like, oh, you need to pray for him or you need to go up to him and do very specific things. And it was just, it was really like, but this dude ain't checking for me like that. Are you sure God? Like Mm -hmm. this is, you know, so, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then what kind of shifts things in so your relationship? So she always says this, right? I need her. She knows this. I've said this to her plenty of times. Say it again. I just wasn't trying to folk. I wasn't trying to even assume anybody from that church was into me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when we started hanging out, I really was like, this is a cool person mm-hmm. who I just who I just want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was also getting out of a right. uh, out of a breakup, so mm-hmm. I was like, not really a breakup, out of an emotional moment with an ex. You know what I mean? And so, I was not in that. I wasn't even thinking about anybody in that way. I was trying to heal, trying to figure out my life. You know, I was in a whole different space. And so, as her and I hung out, hung out more, I wanted to spend more of my time with her. Yeah, and that was new. I remember talking to a friend of mine about her, and we weren't dating at the time. And my friend was like, you like her a lot. I've never seen you like this with anybody. And to hear him say that made me think about my actions and go, I like her a lot. I do I do that? What? I'm doing what? So, you know, that was a big part of the reason why I started to shift my approach Sorry, you know, at least with Malika. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I definitely think we were on the same page. Like I, as I mentioned, I was just like getting out of a breakup and, you know, so it was, I was very cautious in terms of just like my feelings and like wanting to really get emotionally involved and entangled with anybody, you know, again. So I, as much as I, felt things for him, I definitely, I was cautious for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to add that. How long did you guys date before getting married? And what was that like? We dated for five years um, before before I proposed to her. Okay. Um, part of that was my fault because I wanted to propose to her earlier than that. I was, but I, in my mind, I was like, I got to have this, this, and this, and all these things in place. And I spent a good two years of my life, like trying to get my stuff together. You know? mm-hmm. uh, even just even from the even like realizing that like my credit wasn't good, and like here I am mm-hmm. about to get myself involved with someone who's going to take that debt on as well. So let me just ease up some of this a little bit. So it was a lot of you know, and and also just not really having anyone to talk to about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know, I wanted to figure it out earlier. I just didn't know where to go to get that mentorship or that advice you know what I'm saying so I was like all right well I'll just do this until I get it paid off or I'll just do this until the next thing comes about you know 
Um, and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty common too for a lot of men. I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, men that I know express that same thing of wanting to get certain things in order before proceeding into marriage. Uh, I know a lot of women who are sometimes frustrated by oh, that. I was good. just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and were you feeling frustrated in the midst of that? Oh, by the time, like, oh my God, I was so frustrated. <laughs> Not only was I frustrated, I at one point was like, I became like despondent. Is that the word? Just yeah. like, mm. I don't know where I don't know if this is gonna happen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I just felt because what also is happening is as Jermaine is like trying to figure it out, right? I'm in this place of you don't want to be the one that's like pressuring him to hurry up and figure it out. Um, but on the flip side of that, you got everybody in your ear, like, I mean, well, y'all been together for this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, like every major milestone situation, I thought I was going to get engaged. Mm. Um, I had this amazing 40th birthday and like my girlfriends know this, this is probably the first time Jermaine is hearing this, but I had this amazing 40th birthday in Miami. And at the end of the night, I was in the bathroom with my girlfriends, like hysterical crying because I was like, again, he didn't propose. Mm -hmm. And so I think after that moment, I finally was like, this thing is not going to happen. And I... I had to like navigate my feelings about that. It's like, Mm. do I want to walk away from this person that I really love? Because this thing that I really think I want is not really happening fast enough. And so there was a very just kind of uncomfortable period for us, I think, while Jermaine, you know, while he was trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you feel hearing that, Jermaine? Well, I've heard it. Uh, I haven't heard this part. This is new. Uh, about the crying and the 40th birthday thing. I didn't know about that. Um, but, you know, all those times were moments where I was like, I want to do it then. But, you know, I just wasn't confident in where I was in life, you yeah. know. And uh, I didn't realize, I did not realize that at the time. Uh, I just felt crazy. I just felt like I got to figure it out. I got to get it together. I got to get it together, you know. Mm. Um it's it's definitely not surprising to hear this by any means, but um Yeah, I was giving up a little. Mm-hmm. Gotta admit that. Mm-hmm. Admit that to myself and to him. I definitely was like checking out, like figuring out what like plan B was gonna look like, mm-hmm. you know, just um and then it's also too the fact, you know, you the age difference is something that we have we have to take into consideration because I'm also like are we going to have kids? Do we want to have kids? You know, my biological clock literally was like a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of these things are kind of like happening at kind of like the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't know. I just kind of like let go and let God. And and then, you know, it happened um, when it, when it was supposed to happen. So we actually got engaged in 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Yeah. And would you say to the guy who is feeling that right now, Jermaine, how would you advise yourself like now on the I would I would, I would say, you know, if you're thinking about it, if whatever ideas, whatever thoughts you have, is there if there's anyone in your life who you feel comfortable talking to about it, about your thoughts about marriage. Your thoughts about engagement. Like I've I've had a number of jobs since we've uh you know been together. And you know, one of my jobs was at a restaurant. I remember talking to a guy who was from Ecuador about about Malaika and how I wanted to marry her and how I need to get my credit together, how I need to get his money saved up and all these things. And, you know, in his very uh kind hearted guy broken English was telling me all these things that I could do, you know? And I was like, oh, you can get credit on a ring? Like, you can get that? I didn't know that. You can, yeah. you can if your credit's good, oh, I'm going to get my credit up, mm-hmm. you know? So let me get my credit up and just make payments on a ring then. So, like, like those are things that I didn't, I didn't even know were options, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in my mind, you got to get a, a certain amount of money saved up. You got to get this together. You got to have that together. You got to have 
these things in order before you get someone involved in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I spent a long time just trying to piece it all together. Plus, you know, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to be in New York after a certain amount of time. I told myself when I moved here in 2006, that I would be out of here by 2009, 2010 latest. Mm. I'm still here. Yes. <laughs> look how that turned out. Um, so, but, but there was a time and uh, uh, in the early 2010s where I was like trying to figure out how to get out of New York. And then it was like, well, I want to go with Malaika. That's another thing I got to consider now. I can't move my girlfriend. Yeah. Cause Malaika, the girlfriend was not moving across country. Well, that, that became <laughs> right. Very clear. In case there was <laughs> any ambiguity about that. We were going to set well, that record straight. Yeah, there was none. There was none. Ambi- there was none. <laughs> so, we were very clear. Yes. Uh, so then there was that too. So it was all these things that I didn't know how to yeah. get anybody on my side yeah. or anyone's advice on, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I would advise that guy all those years ago to, you know, uh, talk to his friends, talk to his coworkers, just about what you're thinking. Yeah. You know? I think that's good. I think it helps give empathy because I think for speaking from the woman side of things of like, come on, like, let's do the thing. And I think a lot of women are like, you don't have to have it all figured out. The whole idea is that we can do things together. But I think that you present the perspective, which is important, and sometimes a blind spot for women, which is like, but if I'm just not feeling confident, or if I just feel like I don't exactly know, and I want to maybe lead in this situation, but like, if I'm not feeling sure-footed, it can be really hard. And that's important for a man in particular because, you know, we're men are, you know, society cultivates us to think a certain way about Mm -hmm. our positioning in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and most of us don't, aren't threatened by it, but we're like, in order for us to be a man, whatever that is, we have to do those things that we, the society tells us to do. And so when you're in love and you want to marry somebody, but you you haven't, you know, checked off all the boxes that society lays out for you, it's like, do I want to be that guy in a marriage? Mm. Do I want to be that guy in a relationship? You know what I mean? The guy who can't provide, the guy who can't lead, the guy who can't support. And so, you know, all of those things were things I felt like were very clear uh, prior to getting married. I was like, I got to be those things. I got to be on the path of those things at least, you know. Just as my lesson, it's it's really important to allow your partner, that person, that space to figure it out. Um, because I'm grateful that Jermaine, you know, saw that his credit was important and that was something that he had to figure out. Because otherwise, you know, not that the love wears off, but like once you get past that honeymoon phase, it's like, I love you, but like you got a 508. Not saying that that was his credit <laughs> score, but I'm just saying now we got to figure out how to get this 500 to like higher. And so yeah, the a, fact a that small he- record was never 500. <laughs> 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 Again, let me be Again, clear. Let's not have the that was just and be clear. That was a little example, but the point yeah. is, is that you know I'm grateful that he did that work because when you get together, it's like at least you're starting off stronger, so you can build from that place as opposed to having to do a lot of repairing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, just wanted to yeah. say that. Yeah, and I think ultimately the best thing is hopefully when you find yourself in that situation of maybe, you know, one person feeling like things need to get together, another person feeling like, come on, let's do it, that there can be some kind of honest conversations there too, whether inside the relationship or like you said, Jermaine, like also bringing in outside voices who can help and speak into things. Cause Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of times in relationships, we feel like we have to figure it all out on our own. Absolutely. And there are those voices that can be like, no, actually it can look like this or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So. Or even just communicate your plans and desires to like your partner. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is something that I see that I want to do and kind of like, because, I mean, I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. I I knew that he loved me and I loved him and I knew we were going to figure it out, but there were still just these moments of doubt of like, is this going to happen? And I feel like 
a simple like just communication of hey babe these are some of the things that I want to be able to you know whatever and then by this stage it's gonna happen right so because otherwise we end up filling in the gaps Mm -hmm. oh my goodness yeah Yeah. and that's (laughs) That's never good. Mm -hmm. That's never a recipe for good. So, okay. So then you got engaged. You said now we are in 2016 when you guys get engaged. And then you got married in 2017. Okay. And so what were some of your uh, expectations for marriage at that point after you dated four or five years and kind of had your ups and downs in that? Given the families that you came out of, and Malika, you talked about never really thinking you're going to get married, but here you are, you're getting married. What are some of the expectations that you guys had at that point for what marriage would look like? I have to be really honest. I feel like I did that type of introspection backwards. Like, I don't think I was very thoughtful about it as I would like as we were going through the engagement um and the process of getting married um I just felt as though this is what you do (laughs) Mm. and was kind of just going through the motions of things and so in terms of expectations I feel like I had to backtrack some and be more thoughtful about it once we kind of had already gotten married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jermaine? Well, when we got married, I didn't have any expectations. <laughs> I was okay. going through a lot of trauma at that time. Oh, no. So my head was just on, I don't know what my head was on, to be honest with you. I was like, my father passed away. My Two mm. of my really good friends had passed away. Mm, yeah. Um, like months before our, our, our wedding. Yeah. And so I was just in a very, I don't even know how we were able to get married, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I, I think about that all the time. That's like, very honest. Like, you know, um, when you deal with that type of trauma, you know, you usually need to take some time to deal with it. Yeah. And, and we didn't take any time. But it was um, a hard engagement. It was a hard engagement. It was a hard engagement. Yeah, it was a really hard engagement. Um, and we even fought up until the, <laughs> to the, <laughs> to hour. the hour. To the moment before <laughs> saying I do. <laughs> we said I do. Um, <laughs> it's funny. We were in therapy. We were in premarital counseling prior to, right? And we had issues with our therapist. But like the day before we got married, we had a big fight. We called our therapist. We had an emergency session. The day before, before we got married. The before, so the, before, right. right. The before, before, before day. Before. And they let us go. We fought. And we fought and it was bad. And it was like, ding, 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 go to your separate corners. <laughs> yeah. And it was so bad the day before the, the wedding, wedding, they were like, you have to come, come back. back. Yeah. To, to try to like. And then we came back and he was like, we had been going to therapy for oh almost a year. He goes, well, you know. <laughs> Planning a, a wedding is like planning a funeral, like the same emotions. And I'm like, all the stuff that we had been that I had been going through, that we had been going through prior to, you know, the the, the stresses of a of a wedding. He, he had never said that. I'm like, the day before my <laughs> wedding, this is what you like tell us. <laughs> we were like, I mean, I think the biggest thing that came out of that was like just how stressful these yeah. times are. Yeah. Wow. So it, it gave us perspective. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So Jermaine is not just a jerk, you know. He's actually going through some things right now. Yeah. Malika just not, is not evil. She's going through some things right now. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, after all this time, he says this, and we're like, "Oh, thanks, thank you for now helping us." So, how are you guys feeling on your wedding day? Fine. You feel fine. I feel totally uh, fine on our wedding day. Well, I, I was fine with you. I was tired. <laughs> I was, we were fine. I was fine about her. Well, the thing is the night before, no, 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 babe. The (laughs) night before I said that, the night before we separated and we didn't really like talk. Remember? You said the wedding day, babe. Okay. You're right. Thanks. So by wedding day, you're like, okay. (laughs) You're okay. You're like, let's do it. Or you're like, what is happening? Or we'll just see. Well, listen, we we got two different answers apparently. I know. It seems that way. No, it's not two different answers. It. It was by 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 the point of yes by the wedding day I feel like 
we both were, okay, this is going to happen, but there were still unresolved things. I think that's what I'm just trying to get out. Tell, tell, tell us about no, it. No, I just don't feel like things were very, <laughs> I just don't feel like things were very resolved. Like I don't, we left each other still kind of a little bit tense. Yeah. You went to, you know, the ho- to ho- to the hotel. I kind of like, you know, did my thing. So I, I don't feel like we got resolution. I feel like we were okay enough to be able to part and to do what we had to do to prepare for the, for the wedding. But that doesn't necessarily equal that things were resolved. Mm. But yes, of course, by the time I saw him at the altar, it had all just kind of like faded away. Seriously, it had, but. Don't make that face. I did it? Because it was over for me that night. Okay. You were ready to go. I had got perspective. Mm. So I was like, okay. Yeah. You know. um, You had kind of projected a lot of things onto her, but it was like you actually recognized all the things that you were going through that were And I also recognized that she was going through things as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because all all, all I could think about was my pain and my my struggles and my stress and my this. And she doesn't understand what I'm going through. And you know what I mean? It was all about the things that I felt about myself and how things were landing on me. Mm. And so when we went in therapy, uh, when we had therapy the night before, and he said what he said about, you know, uh, just how stressful this time is. It just made me realize, like, okay, here I am dealing with one of my best, two of my good friends' passings. And your My dad. father's passing away yeah. months before my life changes completely. Yeah. Oh, that's why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and. She's going through her versions of those things as well. Mm-hmm. And, and and we're still getting married. This might be why she feels this way. So after therapy, her and I had a conversation before we got married. And for me, apparently, it was over. Mm-hmm. Over. Because mm-hmm. the following day, I woke up early in the morning and I was like, wedding time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And my mind was just on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how was that in the early stages of your marriage? Because obviously, like you said, Malika, things aren't necessarily resolved. There might be some added perspective, like you're saying, Jermaine. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you still had to be grieving. You're still, both of you are still going through the things, right? The wedding day doesn't make the processing of those very hard things end. So what were those early days of marriage like? Having to process trauma, grief? at the time when you guys are joining your lives together in a bit of a new way? It was hard. Um, the wedding, wedding day, all like beautiful. We spent a amazing honeymoon, like in Europe, Jermaine planned like everything, like down to the T. Um, and, you know, we, we got back and we rode the high for a while um, and settled in, but then things started to shift. Like I had been out of work for a while, took me some time. I finally got a job the first year of our marriage. So I'm like just getting a job. Jermaine is working and he also has like a part-time job. He's at Red Rooster. And so like now we're like two ships kind of in the night. I'm experiencing a lot of stuff at work. That's traumatic and like not really having a place to like unpack a lot of that. You know, we're just, again, we're like two kind of ships in the night, just given our schedules and like what we're doing. It was, it was a hard, it was a hard first year of marriage. And then going back to what you said, just about like not really concretely identifying those expectations and laying those out. So for me, it was it was a challenge. It was challenging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was challenging. It felt very lonely and kind of isolated at mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Which I think is not necessarily something people anticipate to hear that you could be married and feeling very lonely in your marriage. Yeah, but it's a reality for mm-hmm. a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, yeah. How do you think back on that time, Jermaine? Um. I was just on autopilot, you know, um, like we got married on a Friday. I was back to work on Monday, mm-hmm. you know, and work wise, I just felt like, you know, I was still paying off on the wedding. 
was like, I got to, all, all I could think about was like being the kind of husband I think I should be. Mm. So it was like, okay, I need to do this. I got to figure out how to make some more, how to get us out of this apartment, how to get us this, how to get us that, you know, how to do all these things. And so after the first year, I was like, I need, I need another job. I got to get something that's going to help us, you know, ride this hump a little bit and, and go to the next level, at least financially. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was all, for, it was like, just, it was just like nonstop for me. Like I didn't have time. Even even on the honeymoon, which was phenomenal and great, it was, it was still work because I planned it all. So I was like, okay, next is this. <laughs> all right, next we're going here, you know. Um, was that your voice? That was my, my inside voice. I had the same my question. Was that voice. your actual voice when you said <laughs> okay, that? Jermaine, yeah, it's okay, Jermaine. It's time to go do this I now. Stop. All right, she's having a good time. Next is. Um, <laughs> so I felt like... Um, yeah, I, I felt like that was the case. I think that as far as expectations go, you know, those are, those are things that I'm still defining for myself because I don't have a blueprint. I didn't, I didn't yeah. have a foundation. Yeah. You know, my mother was the ring. She was the breadwinner, the ringleader. She was mm. everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and everything that, well, my, my stepfather, who I love and I adore, I never admired him. So I didn't want to be like him. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the kind of guy who's who you know played second fiddle to his wife. You know, I'm not saying that my wife needs to play second, second fiddle to me either. Either be my partner, yeah. you know what I mean. And I didn't, you didn't like, want to be passive. Yeah, and I felt like you know, you know, I told like I told her this the other day. Excuse me. I said I think my I think my mother raised me to be the man she never had, and so in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. When, when my stepfather wouldn't show up, she would say things like, don't ever be that way. Mm. Don't do that. Make sure you treat your woman like this. Make sure you are always this way. And I, and I strive to be that mm-hmm. in, my, in my marriage, you know. But as far as, like, expectations go, those are things that I'm having to, like, like being a part of, like, marriage groups, right? You know, you'll talk to some people and they'll be like, well, my wife does this and we, or I do this in, the, in our marriage. And I'm like, okay, I could... Okay, that sounds interesting. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we can maybe we can incorporate that more. You know, mm-hmm. things things of that nature. But just in full transparency, I can't really tell you that I had any concrete expectations. Yeah, we also had to re- we had to redefine what marriage looked like for us mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like like so- Jada and Will. Oh boy! Nah. Well, I don't think <laughs> so, that's the blueprint either. That that probably isn't the example no, that, either. That's no, like a playing. hard. That's a hard no. Uh, <laughs> but um, no. So it was a lot of like it was joining marriage. You know, marriage groups. We were part of a of a marriage group um, from our old church. We also. Um, we broke up with that therapist, but then shortly then thereafter <laughs> got a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was really like redefining, it was like really like trying to navigate what works for us because in many ways we're a very non-traditional couple. And when you think about like just our age difference and just even kind of how we move, you know, through the world, we're not. I mean, we're not Will and Jada different. I want to be very clear, but <laughs> you yeah. know, we 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 in terms of just like traditional, in terms of roles and kind of like we've just we've been we have we've been rede- redefining what it looks like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like without necessarily the clear, this is what it should look like. Yeah. You guys were left to kind of figure out for if sure. we're going to make this work. We have to get clear about what that looks like for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember even asking friends, like, how do you guys manage your money? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm. how, do you have a bank account? You know, do you have a joint bank account? So, like, there were, like, just things we just didn't know that we literally had to, like, kind of navigate and, like, figure it out for ourselves. And, and we couldn't call our parents and be like, hey, Dad, so yeah, what do you think about this when it comes right. to marriage, you know? Because right. my father would have given me the worst advice right. ever. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've been learning together. We yeah. Anything. We have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you guys had the, I guess, uh, 
internal compass to say we should get in a marriage group and we should get around other people and we should get therapy, a better therapist that <laughs> can help us. And coming to Renaissance, which I feel like really centers marriages and relationships. So like we had an opportunity to go on the marriage retreat, which mm-hmm. I think was probably one of the most difficult times in our marriage that like we walked out of that just very kind of like renewed. And so it's also good to be in a space that prioritizes relationships, prioritizes marriage. Our last church did not. I want to talk, though, a little bit about specifically when it comes to marriage, because I think it can help a lot of people. And I know a lot of couples at Renaissance, outside of Renaissance, anyone listening can identify with this. But what about when you're married and you experience disappointment? What has that been like for you so we're just gonna go there right Jess Mm -hmm. um we actually uh experienced disappointment pretty early in our marriage so I have a history of uh, a bunch of reproductive issues fibroids endometriosis I've had two fibroid surgeries um in within the last like 10 years And we were in the process of like trying to figure out where we were in terms of getting pregnant and um, seeing a fertility specialist and like doing all of this stuff. And uh, the findings came back that I was like part of the one percentile of women who have what they call unexplained um, infertility. And then shortly after we found that out, um, I had gone to my GYN and she just, given that I have this issue with fibroids and the fibroids were back again, that um, she required, she recommended a hysterectomy. So we are what, two years into our marriage, just kind of like settling in and I have to have a hysterectomy, which I mean is the ultimate form of disappointment in terms of just our dreams and goals of like wanting to become parents in the like, you know, the sense of me being able to carry a child. And so um, that has been hard. Um, I think that we have been able to manage it through like by way of, of going to the church and like by way of therapy. Um, I know that there's been a lot of anger and frustration and disappointment just like as a woman and what that means of not being able to give my husband a child. Um, and I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant, it's a work in progress, Mm -hmm. you know, every day, Difference. I feel like I've made peace with it because I'm like, I prioritize my health over, you know, just continuing to deal with this really, really terrible issue of fibroids. Um, but of course, like uh, when you, especially being in church like Renaissance, where <laughs> I feel like I don't know what's in the water, <laughs> but it is a very fertile, yeah, very fertile church. Yeah. Um, you know, some days are just some days are like better than others. I but I I feel like I do feel like ultimately if if it is meant for the two of us to be parents that we will somehow and God will somehow um make that happen. Who knows what it'll look like. But just in terms of disappointment, I would say it's a constant it's a constant struggle. Yeah. 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 So. And how how has it been processing that with God? Like, I know this isn't easy, and I'm so grateful for you sharing about this. Um, but, you know, thinking about confronting that reality, what is that like in those moments, like when you are processing that with God? I mean, it's frustrating. It's hurtful. It's like, really, God? I mean, I got married 
Jermaine reminds me, because I always say, I was 45. He goes, you were a few months shy. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> I was I was 44 when I got married. Mm-hmm. So one, I just say to women, never give up. Like, let me just say that. Because mm-hmm. I feel sometimes I was like the oldest bride alive, which I know that I wasn't, but yeah. you know. There are definitely women in their <laughs> 20s and 30s who are like, it's over for me. And right. that's important to say. Like, Yeah. No, I was like 44, 45. So then you have that. And um, a lot of just anger and just like, really, God? Like, you know, I, I finally connect to somebody that like, I've dated guys and I would be in really, but I could never see them being the father of my child. And here it is, you know, I meet this amazing person who, if you see Jermaine with kids, he's just like, I mean, like your heart just like, it. I, it, I tear in so many pieces because I'm like, I can't give him this one thing, you know, and sometimes I'm angry, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very, very angry that um, my womb, you know, had these issues that I could not give my husband a child. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And we talk about it. I mean, it was a, that was a hard, that's been a hard period for us too that I think Jermaine can better speak to in terms of how he's felt. But just him being very supportive because this is kind of what we have to do, but also, you know, dealing with his, his own feelings of disappointment and sadness. And um, those were some hard times mm-hmm. for us as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, how do you process hearing her express that kind of guilt or disappointment? It's it's something that I know, but we don't talk about it a lot, you know. Uh, and I, I guess, you know, I, I try to take the posture of, like, I've always wanted to be a father. Always. You know what I mean? Whether I got married or not, I always wanted to be a father, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but being on the side of the fence, being married and hearing your wife, say, you know, say that and feel those things, it's, uh, for me, I want to be supportive. You know what I mean? Like, I want to. I'm not. A, I'm not a woman. You know what I mean? As a man who can't have children by logic, you know, through, you know, I can't birth children. Uh, I can only say I want it. I wish I was, you know, I'm, I'm sad. I'm not biologically a father, but I, I don't know what that's like. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I can't empathize with, with my wife as far as feeling like she, she can't, or she wants to, you know what I mean? And she's unable to, I don't, I can only sympathize with the fact that I want to be a father. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's hard to process because, you know, I love my wife and I want her to feel okay and be okay. And I do want to figure it out, but, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make her feel like she's not of, of, of the most valuable person in my life. And like, even with that, even with those things not happening, she's still, you know, super important to me. And so it's a, it's a, it's a weird place to be in, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's like, okay, like, do I, like, how do I show her I'm, I'm I'm supportive of her, but still be grieving over, you know, my disappointment, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like. And this might just be my personality, but I always feel like it trumps it. Like like what she's going through is trumping mm-hmm. my feelings. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't put too much thought into it because I'm always like when I do, I'm always like, but well, like a, you know. So it, it's a difficult it's a difficult answer. I'm sorry. I'm, I want to I want to be able to give you more, you know, more of an answer. But I think that's a great answer because it's honest. Yeah. I think you capture the complexity of the whole thing of particularly in a marriage and a partnership, like sometimes one spouse is at the center of the grief. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we talk about circles of grief and like 
people being at the very center and then there's an outer ring around that and then an even greater ring around that as you kind of move out and people um, are at different positions in these circles that surround the center. Uh, and so I think you're right that there's a a unique thing that Malika is experiencing, but then you have this piece too, because the fact is you had hopes and dreams right. uh, and you had an idea of how life would go and you're experiencing the grief of that not happening. Right. And that's a very real thing. And I, I think your answer is great because it captures the honesty of that, the tension of that, that you find yourself in of being one with another person and yet, you know, still having your own, emotions and feelings right. and and things to navigate yeah. right what is it like on the days when one of you is maybe feeling really discouraged and one of you is feeling pretty hopeful <laughs> or the tables turn like how are you there for each other and also mindful of your own processing with god and what you're feeling it's a work in progress too cuz i'm typically you know Using that example, I'm, I'm usually the one that's like, well, let's find the hope. Let's find the, <laughs> the light in this situation when, when she's expressing. Um, so that, that's typically our approaches with things. Like, you know, one of us feels differently than the other and we'll talk it through. And, you know, either we'll, we'll respect that person's feelings and allow them to feel how they feel without inputting anything. Or we'll be there for each other, and I mean, either way, we're, we're there for each other, or we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be, so, we'll say some, something supportive mm-hmm. that'll make, you know, the other person um, have a different outlook on whatever that situation is. Um, so yeah, I would say we, we kind of handle it both ways. As far as processing things differently, that happens, obviously. Um, and that happens with us mainly because of our, of our personality types. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not because we're not there for each other, or mm-hmm. we don't care or about don't how other people have similar values feelings. or whatever, yeah. but yeah, just different temperaments, right. different personalities. I'm not going to, if I'm stressed out, if I'm disappointed about something, I'm probably not going to talk about it. There are times where it's hard to support your partner emotionally because you are emotionally going through something as well. Mm. Um, and that's that's not to say that you shouldn't fight and you shouldn't try or you shouldn't really work hard but like sometimes you have to give you have to acknowledge that whatever depending on what the timing of your life is like you just may be incapable of 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 standing up and supporting them the way that you're supposed to right so when I'm going through things I'm the one that's like I got to talk about this I got to get this off my chest I got to whatever whatever but I think what I'm learning more and more is that I can do that and he will allow space for that, but I always got to circle back and check in with him too. Okay, I've I've dumped on you emotionally. How are you doing? You know what I mean? And Jermaine is right. He's not the one that like will tell me, oh, this, that, and the third happened. So sometimes it requires a lot of like pulling out, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of like get, trying to excavate the information um, from him. But what I will say is that he, we are the, we're yin and yang because he's right. He's the one that's like, you know what, we feel this way or like things are bad right now, but you know what, we're going to go get, we're going to get tacos tonight, you know, or we're going to make this, uh, you know, I'm going to bring wine home or we're going to go do something fun. Um, So he definitely, I sometimes on like when I'm really low and I'm down, I don't necessarily always feel, I sometimes only want to get out of the bed. But he's the one that's like, no, we're going for a walk today or we're going to go to the gym or we're going to, you know, he's he's really, really good at that. So I think that's a a good way of how we balance one another out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful that y'all have been able to navigate together. You guys have been through a lot in a short amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah. Right. Laughing to keep from crying at this point. <laughs> yes. Do you guys ever stop and think about that in four years? Everything that you guys have had. We don't, to? Well, I don't think about our, our relationship as being four years. Right. We've been four married years for of four marriage, years. Four but years then marriage. nine years of knowing each yeah. other and yeah. dating and being married. And yeah. you guys have gone through a lot. We have. We have. 
We have. We we have gone through a lot. I mean, not to mention, we've gone through like ebbs and flows in terms of employment. So like me being employed to not, I lost my job, you know, at the start of the pandemic. I'm back in school. I'm like a full-time grad school student for like the second time around. Mm. Um, And so we have had some life transitions Mm -hmm. for sure within Mm -hmm. the last... (laughs) Yes. Four years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is it's with all of that, it could have been very easy for you all to go in very different directions. So I think hopefully you take time to reflect on the beauty of you guys being able to Absolutely. traverse that road together mm-hmm. and be in it together. Like you said, I think that's really amazing. Yeah. Uh, what role does God play in keeping you guys together? <laughs> what? God mm-hmm. is the glue. <laughs> God is the glue. God is the reason this is God thing. is the, is the, the, the like. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the I, crazy glue. I know I joke about it at times with Malika, but like Malika won't in particularly, but I mean, me too, but we don't allow a lack of spirituality in our lives. It's not, that's not okay. You know what I mean? If we're not praying together, she, she needs to be praying. I need to be praying. Yeah. You know, we're always encouraging each other to read things. Uh, uh, we pray with each other all, often. You know, um, we talk about everything, but in, you know, in particular, we talk about God a lot because it's our foundation. It's how we. It's it's really how we fell in love. Our connection to to um yeah to God to to, to Christ you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely it's the praying it's the even down to just the praying before we eat and mm-hmm. just really being thankful for kind of like where we are and though things are not perfect still believing and trusting in God that like where we are right now temporary in this space financially, whether it's in our apartment, what, you know, just all the things is that, you know, um, through God, with God, because of God, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it is, this is just kind of like the, a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and having been through all that you've been through, what do you now say marriage is like what are the expectations of what your marriage will be and what marriage should look like i remember getting married everyone kept telling me congratulations i'm so proud of you and i was like what am i achieving (laughs) a wife other than like a baddie this woman who i've already been in love with like she's 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 the same person i've been with for the past five years like why is this different but (laughs) but you know um i think i think it is a I think it is a, uh, an achievement to decide that you want to create a different life, a, a, a new life, or you know, you want to enhance the life that you are already living with someone. And so, my expectations is that we stay on that path together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when she decides to get a second master's degree, I go with her. You know, um, when I decide to do whatever I'm doing, you know, she rides it with me as well. Mm-hmm. So. It is a big deal because choosing to be on that path with that person really does mean serving the other, you know, mm-hmm. and it and it really does entail sacrifice. It really does, uh, I think, entail a commitment to some inner work as well, uh, a willingness to hopefully be vulnerable. You know, there's all kinds of things that are required to stay on that similar path and not deviate. And so... It's certainly not something to step into lightly. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. No, for sure. I think in terms of expectations, um, you know, kind of adding to what Jermaine said, I think it is, you know, being on this path and, you know, having someone to do life with. But I think it also involves like open communication and like honesty and like God always being like our foundation. Um I think one thing couples can do is not talk enough. And that's like about whether it's the day-to-day stuff, but also like big picture, like dreams and, you know, whatever. Um, And so, yeah, I think talking and 
being honest and being open. And like, that's even when it's, when it gets hard, like the hard conversations, Jermaine and I don't really like to argue. We will, we will turn up, but I'm just (laughs) saying it's not our preference. And so what ends up happening is, you know, he'll take something and he'll kind of store it and then we won't talk about it and I'll take it and then I'll store it. And then it just like ends up exploding into this big thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've like, really centered, being open, honest, transparent about our feelings and also having expectations of like fidelity and just like trust and um, constantly like trying to become better collectively, but also individually Mm -hmm. as well. Um, What are your hopes for your marriage in the future? Well, our like most baseline hope is that we get out of our apartment in the Bronx. (laughs) Okay. Um, We've been really, we've been trying to move. um, And of course, like we want to. Trying to buy. We we were trying to purchase right when the pandemic hit and kind of got shut down a little bit. (laughs) Slow, just slowed it down. Yeah, slowed it down. So I think hopes are just like that we continue to evolve, that we continue to grow I hope that we also continue to grow in friendship. I think that friendship in a marriage is like so critical. And so I hope that we continue. It's like Jermaine said, like we like to laugh. We like to travel, we like to dance. Like we, we actually really enjoy one another and to have a good time. And so um, when all else fails, <laughs> we have that, right? We have right. Our, our, our good friendship. So, I just wanted to be friends. Be friends <laughs> with, with with your partner is important, you know. I hope we just continue to get stronger and that we fight harder and that we, you know, continue to communicate and to work, to put in the work. Because what Jordan said, marriage is work. Do not be disillusioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think marriage should be joyous. Mm-hmm. You know, it is work, but sometimes you go to work and you have a good time, you mm-hmm. know, and you enjoy your, your coworkers. And, Absolutely. you know, um, so marriage is the same way for me. I feel like we feel like, you know, we, we enjoy each other. We we, we, we like to go out and, and, and hang out with each other. And I travel. Travel, you know, uh, restaurants, trying different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that uh, if you're thinking about it, if you're considering marriage, you know, uh, it is oh, it is it is a job, but it's it can be one of the best jobs you've ever had in your life. There we go. Amen. That's great. Mm. Thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Jessica back again and really grateful for Malaika and Jermaine to have the courage to share so honestly about the challenges, insecurities, grief, and disappointments they've had to face over the course of their relationship. It's also no small thing how God has graced them to navigate all those things together and with joy, especially given all they shared about not really having a blueprint from their families of what marriage as a covenant looks like. And so if that's you too, that you didn't have a blueprint for Christian marriage, and I think, honestly, that's most of us, I hope their story really encourages you that clinging to God, that surrounding yourself with supportive Christian community, that looking to God's example of faithfulness can help us write different and beautiful stories. The stories won't necessarily be without pain, but they will certainly point back to the love of God. As always, if this conversation was helpful, I hope you'll take a moment to share it. And I look forward to being back with you all next Wednesday with another real love conversation that you won't want to miss. See you next time.